Welcome everybody to this month's GPS Training Podcast. It's our podcast number nine. On today's podcast is myself, John, uh, from GPS Training, and I've got Andy with me. Hello. Uh, Andy's our top tech geek, in inverted commas, at GPS Training. So uh, he brings insight and his technical knowledge into uh, the subjects that we are looking at on this month's podcast. Again, we're streaming it live on Facebook, so if you don't uh, like the uh, GPS Training Facebook page, please go along to Facebook and uh, just search for GPS Training, and don't forget to like our page. So without further ado, let's get on with today's podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to look at the following. We take the first look at the new Garmin InReach Mini. Then we look at open street mapping and other mapping options when you're going overseas this summer. We look at the new beta version of Expedition 2 from SatMap for both PC and Mac users, you'll be glad to hear. We've got Andy's top tips and then we're going to finish looking at routes and tracks. The first thing we're going to look at on today's podcast is the Garmin new InReach Mini. This week, Garmin launched the all-new InReach Mini. This is small brother or sister of the Garmin InReach SE Plus and the InReach Explorer unit. I must stress at this moment in time, we've not yet had our hands on this unit. We've actually ordered some, so hoping that they'll be arriving with us at the start of next week. But we've looked at a lot of the reviews and we've been involved in a lot of the development directly with Garmin. In our fourth podcast, I think it was in December last year, we did an in-depth review of the InReach SE Plus and the InReach Explorer. As our sister business, which is Shepherd's Walks Holidays, use the InReach products for their walking holidays. So, Andy, can you give us a quick overview in both these units? These are the existing units before we move on to the first one and what are the key benefits and features of them? So the Garmin InReach product is basically a two-way satellite communicator which we find customers use when you're going off the beaten track where you haven't got a mobile phone signal and you want to know you've got peace of mind that you can summon help when it's needed when you're out in the hills. Something that's going to give you 100% coverage of the Earth's surface. So unlike a satellite phone, you don't talk to people, but you've got the function of text messages that you can get to and from all of the units. Brilliant. Um, the existing units you have got an option one of the units has maps on as well yeah. so like a standard gps device you've got color maps on the unit so you can use it for navigation as well but the main purpose is you're using it as a two-way satellite communicator for emergency response and the key thing there it's using the satellites isn't it so mobile phone signal doesn't we don't care about mobile phone yeah. signal so if you're worried about being off the beaten track and you're not going to have a mobile phone signal it uses the iridium military satellite system 100 percent coverage of the earth's surface so people can get in touch with you or you can summons help but saying that then we need a contract for these don't we so it's not free like our traditional navigation gps we need to buy a contract yeah. so yeah use a satellite so we're not worrying about mobile connection but you do need to sign up for a contract they start from if you sign up for 12 months you can get a contract from 12.99 a month but we find the one that we tend to use is about 25 pound a month that's if you sign up for 12 months and that gives you um 
a good number of texts you can text friends and family and unlimited track points so friends and family are tracking you they can basically track you virtually virtually live you can i mean one benefit of you if you're not a, a professional explorer out there every single week off the beaten track you can sign up for a month's contract for somewhere you may be going to off the beaten track for a month and then after a month you can cancel that so you're only doing it month by month but that does cost a little bit more yeah so just live tracking we can send text messages it also has this thing called preset messages which is exactly the preset message was dead easy to send and then of course there's an sos button which we're going to talk a little bit more about later so would you also use this as a GPS navigator? You can use it to navigate with, can't you? Yeah. I mean, the units will give you a longitude and latitude grid reference. They do have electronic compasses built in. This is across all of the units. All of the units you can put waypoints in and a small number of routes. But other than the, the, the original inReach that we had, the one with the colour maps, I wouldn't tend to use it as a navigator. It's more, certainly the new unit and the original black and white unit, we tend to use them as it's that emergency response and that peace of mind that family can track where you are. That's brilliant. So that's it is. So that's the way I kind of look at them, really. So um, then I would still have my Oregon GPS unit or my 64S or something. Um, so you got this live tracking ability to send text messages, preset messages, and also we have this SOS button. So then what do we do if we press the SOS button? What happens at that stage? Yeah, so if you do, um, they've all got an SOS button on them. If you do access press the SOS button there's an option to cancel it and um, you'll find the SOS buttons under a little flap to stop you accidentally pressing it once you press that SOS button your GPS location is sent to the GEOS Worldwide Emergency Response Headquarters which are based in Houston in Texas um, that research uh, sorry that um high-tech underground facility it's monitored 365 days a year 24 hours and in that operation when they get that message They've got your location. They know where you are. They actually know who you are because you register, yeah. like you register a mobile phone, you register your unit. Um, so they'll get that message and then they'll determine what what emergency services, depending on what part of the world you are, needs to come out and find you. But the nice thing we like is you press that SOS button, you do get a message on the unit, on all of the units telling you that they've got your message and they'll keep you informed about what's happening. We're sending the, if you're in Switzerland, it could be we're sending the Swiss Mountain Rescue Team. They're only mm -hmm. 10 minutes away from you. So you know that someone's on the way rather than just pressing the button and wondering what's happening. Mm -hmm. I hope you get getting the grips but we really like the current um, inReach products. We actually use them, and I mentioned this quickly at the beginning, so we use them for Shepherd's Walks holidays. Actually, we've got an inReach out at the moment in the Isle of Man. So we've got one of our guys walking around the coast of the Isle of Man with a group. He's got an inReach. Um, we've got one of our inReaches is actually, um, I think it's in America, because I don't think I know it's in America, because we've loaned it to a guy who's rowing across the Atlantic in a uh, in a boat he's made. So we've got an inReach there. So it's something we use and, and, and we pay the, the contracts for, and we really like what they are. So that's the current units. So then this new inReach Mini that's come out, what's different and how is this, yeah, how is it different from our current inReach products? The main difference with this inReach Mini is probably the clues in the name. It's called the Mini. Customers wanted something smaller and lighter and more compact. Not everyone wants the maps on the screen. And now I know they already do the black and white unit, but they've just made this one a little bit smaller. Um, less functions regarding navigation, but if we said we wouldn't tend to use it for navigation. So, so it's a nice, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's just 100 grams in weight, so it's really lightweight. It only measures 9.9 .9 centimetres by 5.2 centimetres. So that's the main thing, is it's size first. 
Yeah. The other thing they've now done with the new InReach Mini, if you're wearing another Garmin product, such as one of the watches, like the Phoenix watches, as we said, you can get messages as well on this uh, InReach Mini. So someone can send you a text message, mm-hmm. um, giving you it could be a message about where you're heading to, some you know a weather alert, etc. If you're wearing the Phoenix, something like a Phoenix watch, and you pair it with your Phoenix watch, that alert message that comes through to the InReach Mini that will buzz on your watch. Right. So whereas you might have the InReach Mini packed away somewhere on the carabiner clip on the back of your rucksack you'll still know that someone's trying to get in touch with you because you've paired it with your watch and your watch watch will buzz mm-hmm. to say that there's an alert coming through but we've been so small how do how do we type messages onto it can we still type messages onto it yeah you not? can actually pair it with a compatible smartphone right. as well now bear in mind we're not talking about using the mobile internet connection here yeah. or mobile signal you're still using the iridium satellite system but you're using your mobile phone as a virtual keypad Fantastic. so you're typing the message on your mobile phone but it's sending it via the iridium satellite network so wherever you are in the world someone can still get that message but you're typing it using your phone brilliant so we've got a number of different interfaces it could be a, a phoenix watch or a, another garmin compatible device or a mobile phone could be that interface into that unit yeah. you can still i think physically type messages on yeah. this but, but it's very figgly because you've not got a keyboard it's a mm. it's a small device so yeah. uh, i mean i i think our biggest use that we're finding with the unit as you've mentioned we're talking about this emergency signal emergency messaging but it's actually the non-emergency it's your friends and family yeah. being able to track you yeah. see where you are and you being able to send them just preset messages saying everything's okay so it's not just that emergency you've got that for peace of mind but it's friends and family knowing where you are when you're trekking across the world and if you are doing events or you're doing a challenge or something it's really nice because you can have a public page you have a public page that you can share with various people yeah. and that's really nice so people can do now actually on that public page if you want to you can allow it that people can send you messages off that public page so friends and people can send you messages now just be aware it does come out of your message um cost cost um but again there's lots of flexibility it's a really uh, it's a really nice thing there's videos on our website showing the new inreach mini in action we've got a couple of garmin videos if you go on to the gps store on gpstraining.co.uk and look on the um in we've got a little logo that says inreach products and you'll find it there they're good those videos aren't they yeah. i really like them so nice at last that garmin have started producing some good videos and so. it saves lives they save lives yeah the, so, the <clears throat> so anything else you want to add or is that the garmin inreach kind of summed up Andy? yeah i think it's a really good so as andy says if you want to find more about the garmin inreach um, product just go to our website which is gpstraining.co.uk click on gps store and click on garmin inreach satellite communicators on the left hand side and again as andy says there's some really good videos um, and we well by the time this podcast is launched um, on monday we will have them in stock so give us a call um, and uh, you can chat over some options The next thing we're going to look at on the podcast uh, this month is open street mapping and other mapping options when going overseas. So it's that time of year, isn't it, when many of our listeners will be heading overseas. So we're going to look at various map options for both Garmin and SatMap. 
GPSs. So um, when we've just been talking about the inReach and not the Mini at this place, I must add that there's some the options for the inReach, aren't there? The nice about the inReach uh, with the uh, the higher end one is actually yeah. you can just download mapping for free, Andy, can't you, on that? Yeah, if you've got the inReach Explorer SE Plus, the one that has the colour screen and maps, that actually comes preloaded with uh, topographic maps for all of Europe. But using the inReach app, you can actually download maps for anywhere in the world. Now, I should have said with the InReach Mini, even though it doesn't have a colour screen and maps, you can still, by buying that unit and signing up to the Garmin InReach site, you can still access those maps all over the world on your smartphone. Obviously, you can't get them on the screen of the InReach Mini. Yeah, so that's a nice way you can just download those there. So we'll look at Garmin first. So we uh, <laughs> might hear the phrase OSM or Open Street Mapping what is it and how can we utilize this on a Garmin GPS yeah. device? So open street mapping is mapping you can find yourself for free. Many websites share different types of open street mapping. It was a Wikipedia project set up a number of years ago where members of the public, walking groups, mountain organizations, map areas of the well of the world oh. now and put that together for maps that people can get to use for free. Some maps you find are better than others, you find some aren't so good, mm -hmm. some are better. Um Obviously, you can do it for free. We have them available on our website. Where we're charging for the maps, we're not selling the map because you can do it for free. Mm -hmm. We're charging for the micro SD card that we put it on and the time it takes us to download it, make sure it's working and print a little guide on using it. It's sometimes a bit of a dark art finding these yeah. maps, isn't it? Some are better than others. So please note, we do often get customers say, are oh, you charging for something that's free? We do put on our website, we're charging you for the micro SD card and the time of us yeah. downloading it. We can't just do that for free as a business. Exactly right. But it's a nice way. What we see with the open source maps are the open street maps when we're talking about a Garmin you might be going on a holiday it might just be a one-off for a couple of weeks you're not necessarily going to go back to that place again and you just want a nice background map on your GPS it's a much cheaper way of getting some decent mapping yeah. um, you know some of the maps we look at the open source ones we use aren't that far off the sort of detail we tend to see on a 1 to 50 mm -hmm. ordnance survey map so it's just a cheaper way for that maybe one-off holiday and the nice thing with the open street mapping is that the digital maps on the proper digital maps so as you zoom in you get more information it's nice and clear and you get extra information. Which is unlike the Ordnance Survey map that yeah. we're used to. I mean, still bear in mind with Garmin, if you go onto Garmin's website and you find any maps that they, they, they'll have, when we say more detailed mapping, it could be that you go to a country on a regular basis and you want something a little bit more detailed than the open source mapping. So a good example, Garmin have IGN mapping for yeah. France available. Mm -hmm. Please get in touch with us if you'd like us to order that in for you. Yeah. We can order in the Garmin maps for you, mm -hmm. um, which could be an IGN map, could be a compass map for Germany. Mm -hmm. There is that product still available available but obviously there's a higher cost because yeah. it's a uh, license and fees that have to be paid to these these companies yeah so if you're living in france or something's maybe worth buying it but actually if you just go as you say if you're just going for a couple of weeks holiday the open street mapping is must be the most cost effective way of doing this yeah. isn't it really? and the other thing we've mentioned before on podcasts the gps training we do stock something called the bird's eye voucher for 1999 and there isn't if you look on our website under garmin mapping bird's eye voucher there's a small selection of countries that you can use that voucher for to download a small area so that's another way on a garmin mm -hmm. gps so then on a garmin as Andy just summarized what he's just said so we've got open street mapping um, which you can buy from ourselves or you can download yourself again when you get it from ourselves there's a couple of settings you need to just change to get the best out of that and you get a little sheet of a4 that takes tells you which settings you need to change or alternatively you can buy local mapping so get in touch and we can get that ordered in now, sat map, 
what options do SatMap users have when they go overseas? Can they put OpenStreetMapping on? You know, SatMap, you're tied to their own format. But the nice thing is on SatMap's website, under their mapping, they do have a big choice. They've got a really big choice of mapping for, again, all over the world. So, again, if you see any map cards on SatMap's website and you would like us to order them in for you because you're dealing with us as a company, you've bought stuff from us before, we, we can order the maps in for you. What SatMap actually have that's quite nice. They have um, some maps called the SatMap Adventure Maps, which is basically where SatMap have taken open source data and added a little bit more information yeah. to it. They're a cheaper alternative, um, but you would need to buy them either from SatMap or if you get in touch with us, we'll buy them in for you mm -hmm. and send them out. Especially if you're buying a new unit from us and you want the mapping at the same time, we can order that mapping mm -hmm. in for you. The nice thing about SatMap is, uh, thankfully, they're very quick. You know, if we order from SatMap, we usually get it the next day, so you'll get it the next day. So that's one positive thing about SatMap. A little bit slow with Garmin and SatMap units, but actually SatMap mapping, we get in very, very quickly, don't we? Yeah, so. so please get into, you know, if you see some foreign mapping, or if you've got a country you want to go to and you're not sure if the mapping's available for your SatMap, give us a ring. We'll email you some examples of what's available, and then we don't mind. We can order that in for you and send it straight out from here for that's you. That's brilliant. So then to summarise, we talked about the Garmin, the open street mapping or some local mapping from Garmin that we could get in or SatMap um, you, we, SatMap have got a wide range of overseas mapping so in case it's just a case of ordering that in so if you are going overseas this year give us a shout and uh, we can hopefully uh, get that mapping sourced for you Next on the podcast, we look at Expedition 2 from SatMap. So the first question really to Andy is, what's Expedition 2? Any of you who have had a SatMap unit before, you'll be aware they have some free um, some planning software that you get free for 12 months when you buy a SatMap unit called Expedition. The software has been out a number of years now, and there's been a number of issues where, as browsers have changed their security settings, the old Expedition won't work on certain browsers due to plugins that aren't uh, supported anymore. So it's equivalent of Garmin Basecamp for Garmin users? Yes. Yeah. So Expedition is a planning software for mm -hmm. planning routes and importing routes from websites or looking at tracks that you've saved in your GPS device. Um, What's different with the Expedition 2 that SatMap will be launching soon, it is available as a beta version if you get in touch with SatMap, if you've bought a new unit and you've got it registered and you're having problems using the old Expedition, they will give you access to the beta version. Still not fully tested, but the big change, the question was what's different, what's mm -hmm. different between Expedition 2, it works on all browsers. Brilliant. I've been testing it on the Mac, I've used it on Silver, I'm sorry, Silver, I've used it on Firefox, yeah. I've used it on Safari, I've used it on... Uh, uh, Edge browser, I've used it on Google Chrome. So we don't have issues now with it not working on different Because that browsers. was a big issue before. The, also the old one was compatible with a Mac, but really it wasn't, was it? But the nice thing is, it's online as well, isn't it? So it's non-line, so you access it, you say whatever browser you're using. Yeah, so when you register your new SatMap GPS device with SatMap, you can request from them a username and password which they will give you for the Expedition 2 software. The link at the minute to log on to the software is a beta.expedition2 because it's still right. been beta tested. 
internet access you get it free for a year one other thing i've noticed there's a lot more choice of foreign maps on the site so you've got the ordnance survey mapping for this country one to 50 and one to 25 but having a quick flick through i noticed there was austria germany italy france spain Brilliant. there were some other countries on there there's actually worldwide sat map adventure mapping yeah so you can plan all over the world um using this new expedition too and I think to, the one feature that's not quite there yet, but I think what we're really looking forward to, if you've got a new Active20 device, you'll be able to share, sorry, save your routes on this planning software in the SatMap server called Expedition uh -huh. and wirelessly transfer them to your GPS without the need for any uh, USB leads that we've always had to do with GPSs. And as long as you've got wireless connection, you can just pull those routes in yeah. um, via Wi-Fi. That's still being tested at the moment. Yeah, though. it's amazing. We've talked about this on past podcasts. It's amazing how that SatMap technology is going. Because actually SatMap is a far smaller company than what Garmin are. But actually the way that Active20 is developing now is seeing the Expedition software. It, it, all the time there's updates coming out. You know, we're, we're really struggling. We have an online resource, um, which, which we're going to talk about in a few moments' time. And we're really struggling to keep it up to date. Because yeah. actually, as soon as Andy does some videos on it, suddenly it all changes there's a new software update uh, new software terminologies change which for the better it's yeah. not it's not it's not increasing that's it's fantastic to see these things changing all the time but actually at this point we we've actually Andy did the expedition to uh, videos for the mac this week yeah. but actually we're still doing it on beta software because so many people are now using on beta software they're coming with those questions yeah. aren't they I mean, one other thing that will be coming in the future with the Expedition 2 as well, they are going to be testing it on tablets as well. So potentially, I know it will happen, you will be able to use it on a tablet. So what you'll probably find is we'll do a video and pick something like an iPad just to show it being used on a tablet as yeah, well. So certainly going forward in the right direction, isn't it? So just out of interest, when you did those videos um, this week, did you do through Safari browser? Or, um, I was on Safari on the Mac. So using right. Safari on the Mac, I was able to log into the Expedition 2 absolutely right. fine. There's a few functions you'll see from the videos I've done. I mentioned it's only a beta version, so some of those functions aren't working. But the, the ones that we need to do, use straight away, i.e. plan a route and send it to the device, are yeah. fine. So, you know, mo most of the functions are there, to be honest. Brilliant. So, those videos, those step-by-step -step videos are in our online resource. So, again, sign into our online resource. Just go to gpstraining.co.uk and click on online resource on the top menu box. <coughs> then you just log in and you can see these videos um, under SatMap. And those videos are there that Andy's been talking about. Next thing on today's podcast is Andy's top tips. So we've got Garmin and SatMap top tips. So what's your Garmin top tip for this month, Andy? Okay, quick tip on the Garmin units. This is for the touchscreen units. So the, the Oregon 600, 700, the E-Trex touches and the Montana. A lot of customers uh, ring me and say they've changed their data box fields on the unit, but then they accidentally took, this is on the, the, the trip log screens, and they accidentally touch the boxes and change them to something they don't want. So they spend all this time getting the boxes to what they would like them to be and want to know if they can lock the boxes. You'd be pleased to know you can. Do our customers meddle with their 
GPSs and chain GPSs. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got a video on our online resource showing you how you can change the data boxes. And I do actually mention this feature as well, but it's just a reminder that it's there. So if you've got a Garmin touchscreen unit, you can press down on any of the data boxes on the trip log screen, and then you get various menus up and you can pick a different data box that you would prefer. Yeah. But what I recommend when you've done that, I don't know if you realize this was here, when you're on the trip log screen and you've changed the data boxes to suit what you would like, on the older touchscreen units, you touch on the three white bars at the bottom of the screen mm -hmm. and there's a menus come up and you scroll down until you see the option lock data fields. Brilliant. On the new Oregon 700s and the Atrex touches, you swipe up from the bottom of the trip log screen and you'll see three horizontal bars in the bottom right of the screen. Touch on those and you select the option lock data fields. That'll stop you then accidentally changing them. Obviously, if you do want to change a data yeah. field, you have to repeat the process and select unlock data fields. Brilliant. So to lock down those data fields on that trip computer once you've got the fields as you want them. So SatMap top tip, Andy. What's your SatMap for this month? If you've been keeping your SatMap Active 20, so this is a tip for the Active 20 users. If you've been keeping your SatMap Active 20 software up to date, they just released the new software two or three days ago, you can update your software via Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So if you've got your unit up to date, there's a new feature now. When you go into the main menu and settings, in the main menu and settings, there's an option called Hibernate, and you can actually set one of the Hibernate options now to screen off. Now, just to explain what that means, is it, whether you've ever used any of these features. On your Active 20, when you press and release the on-off button, you see some options called Hibernate. Right. But what a lot of customers ask me for, they want a quick way just to be able to turn the screen off, but not actually turn the unit off to save battery. So what you can do now is if you go into Settings and Hibernate, you get the options of how long you want to hibernate it for. But if you touch on one of those that you're maybe not using and keep scrolling through the options, one of the options is screen off. When you select that, if you're then out walking with your unit and think, ah, I just want to turn the screen off now, but I want it to still be recording yeah, yeah, in the background, yeah. you press and release the on off button once. And where you had all the hibernate boxes, one of the new boxes now will simply say screen off. You just touch screen off, screen goes off, saves battery. And the GPS continues to the GPS is still continue recording. working there. The only thing I would add to that, if you, the way it's normally set up as default, if you touch the screen, the screen would come back on. Right. What we tend to recommend you do is you also go back into settings and there's an option in settings called touch screen settings. When you select that, you can turn off the exit screen off via touch screen is normally on. If you turn that off and then it's only the buttons that'll bring the screen back on rather than the touch screen. So just remember when you've done that new setting, go back into your settings, select the one called touch screen settings and then select the one that says exit screen off and turn that off. And then that means it'll only the screen will only come back on if you press a button. That's brilliant. So thank you so much. Good top tips for Garmin and SatMap users. Finally, we're going to look at planning an activity using either a route or a track. So, 
Routes and trackers, terminology, which hopefully you, you know what they are. So quickly, Andy, what's a route and what's a track? Okay, so looking at the Garmin units for this, uh, this is where it tends to be more important. Uh, the reason I say that a SatMap unit has a lot more scope on what you can send to it. It doesn't seem to matter as much on how many points are in it. So we're going to concentrate on Garmin with this. This is where it tends to be a little bit more confusing. Uh, so on a Garmin unit, when we talk about a route, it's normally something that you pre-plan in software. Basecamp software as an yeah. example and you draw lines between point to point to create what we call an off-road direct route or if you're using one of the new features in Basecamp software you can if you're a cyclist you can pick one of the cycle profiles and you can get a route to snap onto the roads yeah. for you by clicking points on a map. Oh, we've got the new Topper Pro mapping now as with Garmin as well. Which yes. really is, yeah, is so with the Garmin on. units, you've got the um, option now, if you've got the new Topper Pro mapping, you can snap to footpath trails. Yeah. Now, the thing you've got to be careful with a route is, so the route is not, the way we'd always describe a route is it's something you pre-plan exactly right, on yeah. software. And the stipulation you have with your routes are, if you're marking a point-to-point -point in what we call direct routing by drawing straight lines, you can't have more than 250 points in a direct route if you're using one of these new functions of getting it to snap on footpaths yeah. or cycle route every time you click on the map that's known as a via point or a stop mm -hmm. you can't have more than 50 points when it's a route and when that's you, gonna be a long walk or cycle ride isn't it yeah, yeah. now when you do it as a route one one difference because we're going to go on the tracks next and this will explain the difference when you do it as a route so if you do it as a direct route 250 points every time you get if you get within about 12 12, 15 metres on your GPS device physically on mm -hmm. the ground of that point you've marked. If you've got your tone alert settings on, you will get a tone alert. Right. And with a turn-by-turn route, you'll get those arrows on your screen uh -huh. if it's set up correctly, uh -huh. saying there's a left-hand turn, there's yep. a right-hand turn coming up. So that's that's a route. Brilliant. And then a track. So what's a track? So we always look at a track as something you physically record yeah. in your GPS device. So when you're out walking or cycling, using the Garmin, and again on the SatMap actually, you can start and stop and do a recording. So it's a breadcrumb trail of where you've walked. The, the main difference is when we talk about that stipulation of number of points, when you record a track in your unit, it can actually have 10,000 points. Right. Or if you've got the new Oregon 700, 750, 20,000 wow. points. So we don't wow. have that same stipulation uh -huh. of, of point numbers. Brilliant. So then really, I would say, what do you tend to plan? And you kind of answered that question earlier. So you normally would tend to plan a route and a track would be a record of an activity that you yeah, We're normally planning a route. The only time that I would tend to, in the Garmin software, use the track planning or that we've got a video on our online course showing you in the Basecamp top tips how you can convert a route to a track. Mm -hmm. If you find a route you've created or you've imported one from a website and it goes over that stipulation of number of route points, yeah converting it to a track you can then send it to your unit and still navigate with it the one difference is you won't get tone alerts right but of course it can have 10,000 points or 20,000 if it's an Oregon so this is really a lot of people who are doing long distance trails would convert it to a track so if somebody's walking the coast to coast or, or other long distance trail you, even if you find a route and you're unsure I suppose you can double click on that route see how many uh, waypoints are in it yeah. or, or and, and if it's over that 250 right click convert it to uh, a track. my advice to customers especially this time of year when lots of customers are downloading what well, it tends to be routes from websites and they're not sure if you know they've got too many points yeah. in or they find they have got too many points in look on our online training course under the base camp top tips we've got a mac and a windows section and in there we've got a new video how do i convert a route to a track yeah. and then send it to the gps 
it'll work a lot better than if it's a long distance uh, route converting it to a track and sending it to your unit. Brilliant. And if people are online, as I was saying, looking for GPX files, what will they tend to be when they find a GPX file online? Uh, most of the time, most of the websites I find that are sharing routes for a GPS and they use this terminology GPX file. Again, videos on our online course showing you how to download these. You tend to find the R routes. You will occasionally find some R tracks because someone shared a walk that they have done, but most of the websites we tend to come across their routes. There's usually somebody sat in front of their computer and plotted it out. And they're they're normally direct routes as well. Yeah, direct. So, so to summarise that, we're looking at routes and tracks. Routes is something we often will plan on our computers, Andy say. A track is usually that breadcrumb trail that has been created when we've been out walking. Um, we would tend to plan a route, unless it's a long distance route, or we would then convert it to a track. And again, online, just be aware when you're downloading GPX files online, you need to just clarify whether they are routes or tracks because that's often a mistake people make when they're struggling to find them on there. So then, to finish off uh, podcast number nine, many thanks for listening. Um, and please do let us know if there's anything you would like us to be covering in future pod- podcasts. Um, please do give us a call here at GPS Training. Um, we can help you with any of your training needs or if you're thinking about purchasing a new GPS unit. Have a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars, which are these live webinars. Just, just go to gpstraining.co.uk and click on GPS Training Courses. Please do tell your friends about our podcast and about GPS training and any help spreading the word would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget, you can watch us record the podcast on our Facebook page, which is gpstraining.uk or our YouTube channel, which is GPS Training. And please don't forget to RST our podcast, which is rate our podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. And T stands for tell a friend about both GPS training and the GPS training podcast. Please help us spread the word. So many thanks, Andy, for joining me on our ninth ever GPS training podcast. Thank you. And again, I keep saying this, but if there's any anything you'd like us to cover in future podcasts or you want to leave a comment, please do. And we'll, um, we'll hopefully cover those in future podcasts. So thanks very much and enjoy your walking. Thank you.